This is Transistor, a science series from PRX. I'm Genevieve Sponsler with something musical for you today. As a kid, I played a fair amount of cello, so I really enjoyed this story. Great old violins are works of art shrouded in mystique, and they are shockingly expensive. A violin by Antonio Stradivari, who lived from 1644 to 1737, typically commands millions of dollars today. That's somewhat beyond the budget of radio producer David Schulman. So he found himself looking for another way to get that old Italian sound, with the help of science. Guitarists make me jealous. They can buy a cheap electric guitar, run it through a pedal board, a laptop, even a phone, and sound like Jimi Hendrix. No amps, no tubes, no roadies, all thanks to some software that models vintage guitar gear digitally. This makes me jealous. I'm a violinist. I've got a nice electric violin. But however I tweak the parameters, it still sounds vaguely artificial. If they can do a Hendrix Stratocaster, why not a digital Stradivarius? Now, scientists do consider the violin one of the toughest instruments to mimic. The physics of its sound are deviously complex. Unlike the guitar, which rings on its own between each stroke of the pick, a violin sound is constantly inflected by bowing, vibrato, and intonation. But that doesn't stop some people from trying. Like Joseph Curtin. In 2005, Curtin was awarded a MacArthur Fellowship, a genius grant. He's considered one of the world's top violin makers. Many concert violinists have driven this dirt road to get to his workshop in Ann Arbor, Michigan. David, come in. Curtin has teamed up with the University of Michigan physicist Gobby Weinreich to take a scientific approach to violin making. And they've been working quietly for several years to create a fine digital instrument. What we're not trying to do is synthesize violin sound. That's very important. What we're trying to do is provide a musical tool for violinists, so it's real violin sound, but delivered in a different way. Their approach draws upon the technology of convolution, a confusingly named but powerful tool used to capture precise digital sound signatures. Gobby Weinreich. Every space in which sound can be produced has a signature any sound that you produce in it will be colored in a way that you can recognize. Say a violinist plays Tchaikovsky in a studio. Run it through a convolution reverb, and it sounds like it's in L.A.'s Disney Hall. Or you can transport the violin to an Alcatraz cell block. To capture the former prison's audio signature, an engineer had to get inside, set up mics, and record a very brief impulse of sound. Like a popping balloon or the clapping of hands. Measuring what happens immediately after the balloon pops lets you map the sound signature of a room. That's convolution. Weinreich and Curtin saw that this technique could also be adapted to capture the sound of great violins. In one corner of Curtin's workshop, a device lightly suspends a violin in front of a microphone. 
the rig lets him rotate the instrument to 12 precisely calibrated positions. He lets a tiny hammer strike the bridge. It sounds violent because the violin makes a lot of sound when you hit it. A sensor records the force of each tap and sends data to a laptop. Curtin has used his rig to capture the sound signatures of many fine violins. I've measured over the years perhaps two dozen Stradivari instruments, perhaps a dozen Guarneri del Gesù. In some ways it feels rather like one of those 18th century gentlemen going out on a collection expedition for butterflies or for rare plants. Highlights from Curtin's sound collection live in the memory of the digital violin. He says the prototype won't be fully functional till later this year, but I talked him into letting me try it anyhow. Designer Alex Sobolev handed me a skeletal electric fiddle and punched up the sound signature of the famous Cathedral Stradivarius. To really judge the instrument, though, you need to compare the digital strad and the real thing side by side. Don't tell me which is which. That's Professor Daniel Levitin, author of This Is Your Brain on Music. He heads a neuroscience lab at McGill University, and he was game for my not-so-scientific comparison. First, just as a baseline, here's the raw, unfiltered sound of Curtin's digital violin, played by concert soloist Ilya Koller. Now we'll hear two more clips. One is exactly the same signal, but filtered through the digitally captured signature of a Stradivarius. In the other clip, Collar plays the same phrase on an actual Strad. Here's one. And here's the other. That one sounds a little old-timey and a little processed to me. The first one sounds pretty realistic. Actually, it's the opposite. The realistic sound came from the digital violin. The one that sounded processed was a recording of a genuine Stradivarius. Oh. Daniel Levitin. It's a very good rendering. It sounds to me like a major achievement. Levitin says you could easily imagine applications for recording and film projects. Perhaps there's a plot line about the quest to recover a long-lost Italian violin worth millions of dollars. If you need a particular sound and you don't have access to that instrument, you're not putting a musician out of work. You're just putting an $18 million violin out of work. Now, there's a swarm of caveats here. Just for starters, we are not comparing the instruments themselves. We are comparing recordings of them. The reverb in each is slightly different. And old Italian violins are valuable for their antique value as well as for their sound. Still, it is a shock that an electric violin could even come close to the sound of a Stradivarius. It makes you wonder, what really makes something sound human? Daniel Levitin says it comes from countless tiny interactions that are difficult to measure and predict. It's, it's, it's human foibles is what it is. It's human inaccuracy that the ear is drawn to because it's so rich and full of change and delicate difference. There is a tendency, though to fear the lab that meddles with the sacred mysteries of life. Dr. Frankenstein's experiment was bound to end badly. What about Joseph Curtin's? The notion that the classical violin can't be improved upon, there's an appeal in that of this one thing that stood up against the onrush of history and technology. I think that that's an icon that's born to be smashed. Curtin thinks the digital violin will never replace the acoustic instrument. But he says we'd do better to drop the mystique 
and abandon the idea that science can never match the Stradivari sound. The idea that we won't do better by putting some engineering, some science, some design into it is just silly. And why would we want it to be true? <laughs> why would we want it to simply have a few very grand instruments that are kind of legends when we could actually have fantastic musical tools that many more people could play? So when the digital violin is ready, maybe I won't need to be jealous of electric guitarists. I'm David Shulman. For some beautiful pictures of the violin workshop and to compare examples of convolution reverb, head to transistor.prx.org. While you're there, listen to our episode about the rainbow of noise. You'll never hear sound the same way again. The Transistor team includes me, PRX Chief Content Officer John Barth and Lily Bowie. This episode was mixed for Transistor by Erica Lance. Transistor is supported by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More information at sloan.org. This is PRX. PRX.